This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I sat up here thinking that I was about to talk about the finale of Married at First Sight. The shit didn't even come on. I, who, who been lying to me? Why would y'all take a week off? Y'all got all the way up to the finale and took a week off. I tune in at the right time. I'm about to watch it live. They talking about the next week, tune in for decision day. Like it's a goddamn soap opera in the nineties. Like we about to find out if Erica Kane gets another husband next week or she get attacked by a bear or if uh, Sonny and Luke and Laura are fighting over it. You know what? I'm sick of this shit, but don't worry. It's an all Bravo episode. We got good stuff to talk about. New York is back. And you know what? I loved that premiere i'm glad the air has been cleansed of dorinda you know she'll come back at some point we need a, a, a dorinda free moment we've uh got a lot of reunions to talk about you know what bravo you might not always give what needs to be gave but you you're doing enough okay the bare minimum but you're doing enough it's the weekly reality roundup episode of me and you the housewives and marvel 2 let's get into it 
Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV to the MCU to the DCEU to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Oh my God, y'all, I'm going to make it through this episode. My little cousin has been over here for like the past week. And you know, my house, we're we're a fully vaccinated house. We're all good. Uh, We've all actually had coronavirus. If if you're new to the podcast, that was back in, back in late, late, late December, early January. It was a mess, but we're all vaccinated. We're good. So don't put coronavirus on us yet. But my, I say all that to say my throat has been killing me for the past 24 hours. It's slowly gone down. You know, Tylenol makes it okay. It feels like a muscle is like swollen in my throat, but it's gone back down. I don't know. It's a mess. But I have another uh, family member here that's feeling the exact same way. So she came over here with a cold, been coughing, got us sick. It's a mess. But anyway, I'm going to make it through this episode. I always do. You know, I might fall asleep during recording, wake back up, you know, wipe the crust out of my eye and shit. But I'll be okay. Uh, The Circle. If you're listening to this the day this comes out, The Circle would have finaled yesterday. And I'm very happy with the winner. I am. I was rooting for three people. Two of them got their asses booted out. <laughs> but the one I wanted to win, you know, I'm very happy that happened. I'm I'm very happy about that. You know, slide into my DMs. You know, I love talking about the circle. If you're watching, I'm watching too. Uh, I'm. I, there might be a new episode of Bethany's new show out. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm actually kind of enjoying that too. I hate to say it. I'm kind of embarrassed to say it. Ah! And you know, of course, Jocelyn's Cabaret. So. I feel like I need to start a, a Patreon like immediately just to talk about all the other bullshit I watch in addition to Bravo and Lifetime and OWN and all those other good reality shows. Oh, who cares? Uh, before I jump into these episodes, let me say I I think I'm going to have to switch to a new episode release schedule. Not because I want to. I kind of love the Thursday-Saturday thing, but I think... Marvel, because of when they... I love doing next day Marvel drops. So, you know, the shows were coming out on Fridays. And so I was giving you guys the bonus episodes on Saturdays. Now, they're going to be... Loki, they've announced, is going to be coming out not that Friday, but that Wednesday instead. See, if y'all follow me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast, then you know I said I was talking. I was like, okay, they might drop it early. I heard they gonna drop it early. That's what I've been hearing. So they, they're dropping it early. Now, it's only two days early, but still, early is early, bitch. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at your mammy. Look, I think I might end up having to change my schedule. So I'm thinking... The reality TV episodes, I might end up dropping on Mondays. So then the week, you know, I'll do just like a, a actual weekly roundup. And I'll talk about all the shows of the past week. And then 
so that I can watch the stuff, you know, Wednesday, I'll drop the bonus episodes on Thursdays. And that actually gives me a little wiggle room because those are, you know, days apart. I might, you know, if I start doing the interview series and stuff that I want to do, I've talked to y'all about that, then maybe I'll start dropping those on Saturdays. Who knows? You know, we'll figure it out as we go along. No real-time crunch to figure all that out. But that's what I'm thinking about right now. I just want y'all to start mentally preparing. You know, I know, like, uh, my good friend Samaj from the Me, I Am Canceled podcast, uh, who you'll hear from in this episode, actually. I know he, like, he has his people on his certain days. He's like, okay, I listen to this person this day. Tuesday mean this person. Wednesday, I'm the same way, usually with true crime. But all of my friends, most of my friends, though, they don't have, like, set schedules. Some of them do, some don't. But most of them, like, kind of depend on the day. You know, they do a lot of interviewing. So they drop it when they're finished editing, you know. But I kind of have, like, a regimented schedule. I love, like, telling people, okay, you know it's coming out Thursday. You know it's coming out Saturday. You know, we'll figure it out. I, You know, I'm, I'm rambling. It doesn't really fucking matter in the grand scheme of things. Let's go ahead and jump into some of these reality shows. And you know what? I think I'm actually going to kick things off with the Real Housewives in New Jersey this week. See, I usually start with Atlanta. But them, they so goddamn depressing in Atlanta right now. I'm so ready for Atlanta to season finale. I don't know what to do. Let's go ahead and jump into the Real Housewives of New Jersey. I'm actually going to kick things off with a bit of a kind of recap of last week's episode so you know one of my favorites jv you've heard him on this uh podcast a lot of times he always writes in he always cracks us the hell up not writes in lord y'all know what the hell i mean he uh kind of recapped last week's jersey for us so before we get into the new episode let me throw it over to jv from chicago and let me let him tell y'all about them needing to leave dolores the hell alone Hey, it's JV from Chicago, and I hope I'm not too late. I just wanted to say something about Jersey. Um, I need everybody to leave Dolores alone. She knows what she wants. She knows if she's willing to deal with a man that, you know, lives on the phone like Giselle Bryant, then that's her business. It is none of anyone else's business why she's still with David. They need to stop saying that she needs to get back with Frank because apparently he still has another girlfriend. Like, leave this lady alone. Black Dolores can do whatever she wants to do. Yes, I said Black Dolores, and I stand by that. And also, the part where Dolores was talking about, you know, the fact that she went through a lot with uh, Frank in their marriage, it kind of makes me think that maybe that's why he's so supportive now, and he's such a good friend to her now because of the guilt that he has from the way he treated her in that marriage. And notice she didn't really go into details, but you know, she said David doesn't yell or cheat or hit or whatever. So was Frank doing all that, including the hidden? I don't know that that kind of sounded like a hint. And if that's true and they were able to get past all of that, that definitely would shed a lot of light on why they're able to be friends and why he's there for whatever she wants and whatever she needs because she would have really, really have gone through it. 
child, JV ain't never lied about that. Now, see, I wasn't thinking about all that. If, if, if that's the reason why uh, Frank and Dolores get along so damn well, child, we might, maybe we need to stop rooting for their asses. You know what? Let me stop. Okay. <laughs> Dolores calls to tell Jackie that she's going to be late because basically she don't want to ride with their raggedy asses anyway. <laughs> well, okay. That ain't the excuse she gave. Okay. She says something about a doctor's appointment or, you know, something, but really it's because she don't fuck with them hoes like that no more. That's basically what it is. We see that Jennifer has like redecorated her tacky ass. No, I'm just playing. I, I love Jennifer's house. I'm just playing Jennifer. Now you had, you got a lot of space in that house. It was looking a little empty at first. It was, you know, it, your foyer was a little bald headed, but that's okay. You got it together. Now that's all that matters. She called her mom during all the madness that was going on, you know, all the moving and stuff like that. And her mama ate her ass up. She said, you know, you embarrassed me during that uh, that mammy daughter brunch, <laughs> for lack of a better word, you know. And, uh, you know, we're the talk of the town now. Because remember, okay, Jennifer's whole plan was to expose her to, like, all the other women. Not expose, it's a bad word. To introduce or to kind of put her in front of all the other women so that she could realize she's not alone in that type of marriage situation. Well, shit, let me tell you something. That shit backfired like a motherfucker. Jennifer, I bet you won't do that shit no more. The ladies began meeting at Jackie's house, and of course, they start discussing Dolores' relationship. They say, you know, the reason they talk about it so much is because of last season's reunion, when she said, you know, I'm a good catch, and, you know, I'm going to leave if I don't get what I deserve, you know, all that whole little speech she gave. Okay, valid point. But leave that lady the fuck alone. Like, leave that damn lady alone. They then kind of quickly switch subjects to, of course, somebody else's relationship, Teresa and her mystery man. Melissa actually reveals that she believes that guy is going to be her husband. Ooh, okay, Melissa. You better contribute to the show in the smallest way possible. Anyway, Jennifer is the last one to arrive, and she updates them on her parents' situation because, you know, she had just told them about this a couple of weeks ago. You know what? Jackie actually tells her that you might just want to stay out of it because they're older now and, you know, they're set in their ways. And that's actually some really good advice. Hey, them damn people, they don't have to like each other and they ain't gonna like each other. That's the damn point. Let me see. Let me. You want to see people that hate each other, make them get married. You know what? Let me. <laughs> All of you couples listening to this. Just act like I didn't say that. But then in 10 years, y'all check back with me and, you know, you, you child, let me know how y'all doing. While they're talking, Melissa gets what I thought was a fake-ass text message, but apparently it wasn't. From one of her kids, I think it was Joey, and he says that, you know, dad is falling down in pain. She calls and Joe is trying to, you know, stop her from coming home and saying it's not a big deal. But she leaves anyway. Child, I bet Teresa stayed her ass put. <laughs> She's like, look, fuck y'all. I'm trying to have a good time. OK, I ain't I ain't got to get out the house in a minute. OK, I'm tired of uh, with a Melania ass and, and Adriana. I'm, I'm so sick of their asses in the car. Dolores actually tells them that she's going to meet them at the hospital. Girl, if you don't. If you don't go apple picking and do some of these nights, 
these nice white people activities that they got planned for your way. I don't know. It's, it's all right, Dolores. But it, it actually turns out that David goes there to meet him instead. He's the one that's going to be, I guess, doing the surgery, child. I don't know. They find out that damn man has to pass a gallbladder. Ooh, a gallstone. I'm sorry, not a whole damn. If you pass that, I think your ass dead. I don't know. Let me tell you something. Ooh. Joe, good luck. I, ho- I hope you live through it, even though I know you did because we saw you in a you know, a, a, another scene, but you know what I mean? That's some painful shit right there. While they're on the tractor to go apple picking, you know, the white, the, you know, love, lovely white people activities. I love to see it on TV. The, don't want to participate in, in person, but love to see it on TV. Dolores actually starts, you know, kind of airing out her grievances about them taking polls and doing all this kind of weird, we just weird shit about her relationship. Jackie actually admits that she's one of the ones that voted that Dolores, they were voting like, you know, is she happy with the car or did she really want a ring? You know, what did she really want? They don't know. Dolores says it's pretty disappointing. Uh, You know, it is, you know what? It feels like it's Jackie versus Teresa all over again. Jackie was so incredibly upset about, you know, all that with Evan and, uh, and, and, you know, Teresa going around at the party. But it's kind of the exact same thing. Y'all are doing everything y'all can in front of all these different people at Michelle's party. Making, like, Dolores basically stand on the table, point at her and laugh and call her all kind of broken women. Broken woman, all kind of stuff. Like, it's ridiculous. But it's the exact same thing that Teresa was doing at Evan's party. So, I get it. I get why Dolores feels like it's a double standard. I kind of feel like it is, too. So, I'm with you on that, Dolores child samaj sent in a voice message (laughs) and he feels the same way he's like look let dolores live and he was glad that dolores spent this whole episode wrapping their asses up let me throw it to samaj and then we're going to get into a little bit more of dolores wrapping their asses up hey kendrick this is samaj from the me i am canceled podcast i'm here to talk about jersey what a good episode. Dolores is ready to smack a bitch and I'm here for it. She said, if y'all don't stop questioning me about this man and this relationship, someone's going to catch the hands. And I love how she said, like, you know, how dare you, or all of you, take a poll, make my relationship a thing of public display in a room full of people. I don't even know. Like, if you got a problem with me, talk to me. Pull me aside. Don't, don't, put, don't put me on front street on blast like that in front of all these people I don't know. In front of company. That's ridiculous. I agree with her 100%. And yeah, she doesn't, you know, question them about their stuff. So I agree. Those girls are being bad friends to Dolores. And they all need to be better about it before she beats their ass. And uh, the Roni premiere was amazing. Cannot wait to see the rest of the season. Roni, it fits. It's like your old favorite sweater. All right. Ready for next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. They transition over to the lunch area at the Apple Orchard. Dolores's expectations in her relationship come up once again. Once again, Dolores officially see she was being kind at first, but this is when she really starts wrapping their asses right up. 
Jackie and Jennifer attempt to say, you know, we just want good things for her. You know, we don't want her to adjust her expectations and all this kind of stuff. But Dolores has to get them the fuck together before she can even drink her damn wine. That lady, <laughs> that lady is tired of y'all asses, okay? She was ready to cuss them people out. She told Teresa, make sure if you uh, bring them around the group, you better tell them exactly what you want or they going to never let you live it down. All kind of stuff. Look. Y'all better quit playing with Black Dolores, with Patterson Dolores, with uh, Don't Be Fooled by the Rocks That I Got. I'm just, okay, that ain't got nothing to do with her, but that song been in my head all day. I don't know why. I'm not even rooting for Benefer. I want everybody to, you know, suffer like me. Okay, the last conversation of the episode is between Melissa and Joe when they're at home after his surgery. They talk about, you know, Marge believing that he's a male chauvinist pig and thinks a woman needs to, you know, depend on a man. And that's how the way the world works, all that kind of shit. He says he misses his wife, the old wife. And she, you know, she's sick of him kind of feeling like every time she wants to do something for herself, it's a problem, basically. Child. Joe said, I've always supported you. He said, you wanted to sing? I built you a studio. Now, Joe, that was a little bit of a read, okay? (laughs) That was a read. Joe did that because he knew damn well nobody was going to be buying Melissa Gorga music. I'm just saying. I'd support that shit, too, because she'd be right back at the house. She ain't going to the damn AMAs or the the VMAs, the Grammys. She ain't even going to CVS. Ain't nobody doing all damn this shit. I'm just saying. She'll be right back at home. They end up having a big blowout, and they leave the episode right there, so... As far as I know, them people divorce right now. <laughs> I'm trying to write the story for y'all as I go along, but I don't know what the hell going on in Jersey. I stay out of these people business. Y'all know I always stay, I try to stay out of white people business, but they're white adjacent, so I try to stay out of most of their business. Not all of it, but a piece of it, hell. <laughs> you know what? Let's go ahead and do the unavoidable. Let's get to some of these reunions that happened this week. Oh, let's go ahead and talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta. This episode was lackluster too, <laughs> but it was way better than part one, I will say that. So at least I get it, but it's mostly because we got all the friends of this go round. The first episode was just the main cast, and we all know damn well it's time for them to hit the road jack and never come back. No damn mo. We start off with Drew and Latoya's season long beef. <laughs> they ask Latoya why she always comes for Drew, and you know she completely denies it. I don't always come for Drew. I'm so glad everybody jumped in. Everybody was like, "Girl, stop the shenanigans in my Jocelyn Hernandez voice. Stop all them damn shenanigans." It really seems like, you know, it seems like they can be really good friends. But I think LaToya wants to be friends with Kenya way more than anybody else. So until Drew and Kenya make up, ain't no LaToya and Drew, be. Ain't no LaToya and Drew, be. <laughs> Kenya, you really drive me crazy sometimes. They were doing a whole segment about Drew and LaToya. And Kenya just, like, inserted herself into the argument with a personal beef or vendetta she has against Drew. Like, where did any of that come from? I'm talking about, uh, you talked about my hair care line on social media, but I got customers from it and yada, yada, yada. Listen, I know I say it every week. 
I want Real Housewives of Atlanta to have an overhaul so damn bad. <laughs> I keep saying, you know, matter of fact, you know how how little I respect the Real Housewives of Atlanta right now as a show. So much so that I'm going to transition back to New Jersey. So I watched. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to continue going through the reunion. But I watched. Watch what happens live today. And the men of New Jersey, the husbands, were on there. And it was everything we needed it to be. They started the episode off with taglines. And if you haven't seen the clip, I'll repost it to my story on uh, on Instagram. But get on there and look for it. That was the best shit ever. I actually have Samaj again. He talked about these taglines. And it was the best thing ever ever let me go ahead and get I'm, you know what he's gonna give y'all his tagline and then maybe you stick around maybe i'll give you mine too hey kendrick this is samaj from the me i am canceled podcast and how great were those husband taglines for the real housewives of new jersey husbands on watch what happens live so i have come up with my own tagline and it goes as follows i may not be a housewife but i am real or, I may not be a real housewife, but I act like one. Or, I already canceled myself, so you don't have to. Okay, okay. I see you some more. Okay. <laughs> okay, let me do mine. Let me do mine. Okay. So, if I was, you know, if I was a real house husband in New Jersey, or, no, better yet, if I was a real house husband of Memphis, my tagline would be, I could be long hair, don't care. But how would I do all that bald head hoe shit? See, that's a good one, okay? Let me give y'all one more. Let me give you one more. This is uh this is I like candy season. Child, who cares? Okay. I may be big, oh, but my bank account just keeps on decreasing. See, I they need to put me on Atlanta. That's what the hell need to go on. I need to be a real housewife for Atlanta. Maybe that shit'll be popping again, cause it damn sure ain't right now. <sighs> okay. Let me get back to these raggedy-ass Atlanta housewives. I'm skipping Kenya and LaToya kitty-clicking portion of the episode, and I'm going straight to LaToya talking about Drew cheated on Ralph with her. <laughs> Everybody wants to hold Drew accountable because they all said that they did kiss. But Drew is like, you know, who said that? You know, she acting like it never happened. Portia, of course, isn't going to confirm because her and Drew are besties now. But Candy, like, girl, you know you kissed that damn lady. The conversation ends up shifting to LaToya telling the nieces about Kenya's business. And Kenya told that girl, you might be the youngest up here, but don't try to act like you're the damn dumbest on stage. And she didn't let her ass have it. And LaToya just sat there like a, a little lost puppy not giving her any of the same energy that she had just given Drew. But why? Why? Hell, LaToya, that, that's a good match for you. I mean, I like you and Drew beefing, but if you took a moment to gather Kenya's ass, you might have a little bit more respect from the fandom. I'm just saying. Anyway, I'm bored. They bring out Marlo and the Bride of Dracula. Ooh, I mean, Elvira, Mistress of Evil. I didn't mean, I mean, Shamil. <laughs> I mean, just let your soul glow, baby. I mean, uh, uh whatever you like. Uh, listen. <laughs> Come on, Jerry Curry. They brought Shamia out. Shamia and Marlo to join the other ladies. 
Portia's face when Marlo came out was the funniest shit in the world. Portia was yawning and eye rolling and look, she was ret to go. Okay, ret to go. Andy asked Shamia about her look, and Marlo whispered, "Coming to America." I know that's right. <laughs> Shamia must have heard that shit because Shamia took aim at her ass immediately. She knew that slander was coming her way. She said that lady was the auntiest of the aunties and that dress that she had on was fresh out of lipo wear. You know what? Y'all need to quit playing. See that? Why did this shit, why did it take all 38 cast members this season to come out for y'all to finally be able to give something? If you the main cast and it's only five of y'all, y'all should have been able to deliver like this. I mean, don't get me wrong. They still half-assed delivering, but... Y'all should have been able to do what these people is doing, okay? I'm just saying. They talk about Kenya mostly for the next part and how, you know, about that damn crab gate, how it got started and all that. That was mostly like a little funny section. But then Andy asked her why she brought Brooklyn on the trip. Kenya told Candy that, you know, she arranged to have a whole dick in the box come to come to South Carolina, but she couldn't get Blaze up in that bitch. Now, see... If I was Justin Timberlake or Andy Samberg, I'd be calling up Bravo and NBC and I'd be suing the shit out of them people right now talking about dick in a box. Ooh, wait a minute, though. I just remembered. Hold on. That that was a Saturday Night Live skit. Saturday Night Live owned by NBC. NBC owns Bravo. Okay. Never mind. Uh, look, in my Nicki Minaj voice, child. Um, so, anyway... <laughs> We then get, you know, a little fourth wall breaking when we find out that historically, I don't think I knew this, but I mean, I've always assumed it, but I don't think I just like knew it explicitly. She says the production has always, you know, they've always had to ask production, can they bring their kids? Because doing so is kind of like going against the grain, which would make sense because like who the fuck wants kids interfering with girls trips? I'm just saying, I mean, like. We we've seen it now twice this season where Kenya almost, you know, she's almost I hate to say it like this, but she's almost weaponized Brooklyn against the other ladies. Like, I get it. Kenya doesn't have the other options that all of them have. And I'm one of the people I completely acknowledge that if you don't trust your cousins and aunties enough in Atlanta to watch that girl, I get it. Bring her with you. But the difference now is that it's never affected the show in the past. But, like, now when all the ladies are trying to have fun during the whole pandemic, by the way, people are not trying to play by the rules during a pandemic. We already, uh, you know, not going out and doing all this stuff. At least if they paying me to go on vacation, let me have fun on that damn vacation. I'm just saying. So now she's using the baby and making shit depressing. And, uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah. Side note. The little argument between Kenya and Drew about buying million-dollar homes and step up making $400 million worldwide and... <laughs> what? <laughs> Child, I'm so over their asses. I don't know what to do. Hurry up and finale so we can figure out what to do next season. It kind of depresses me, though, because I know for a fact Bravo is not going to have the courage to make the... They're not going to be able to make the necessary changes they need to make to make this show great again. It's, gonna, it's so going to depress me. Like, I would hate to see the day that, like, the housewives 
aren't thriving anymore. Oh, it's, yeah. make the change, Bravo. Make the change. We then get to that section about Portia and Candy. Their up and down relationship over the years and how like they've remained close recently and how they follow each other on social media again and how Don Juan was happy about it, supposedly. Marlo doesn't feel like it's genuine and gets on a pedal, you know, I don't, it's, it's a lot. Marlo, Marlo was kind of doing a lot, but for what reason? I don't know. Marlo wants that peach and it feels like she'll do anything to get it at this point. Or maybe, now hear me out, maybe... She wants some peach juice. Ah, lickety split. Hey, lickety split. I'm just saying, child. Do y'all be watching Candy's speak on it on YouTube? It it annoys the hell out of me most of the time. But I watch sometimes, depending on who the guest is. The one with Marlo was a whole lot of nothing. The talk about her nephews and all this stuff was better than the actual non teated her ass went on there to start spilling. Child, Marlo and Candy really need to get some business but that ain't got nothing to do with me finally we get to the section where we start talking about the welcome to the dungeon party in south carolina south cackalacky do you hear me they start talking about chocolate aka kenya's alter ego being uninhibited and how peach juice and chocolate actually got along which i don't think either one of them expected them cameras were covered, and they had some things going on, okay? Some things. Some thong-yoings. Not those two. Not chocolate and peach juice, but you know what I mean. They're talking about, you know, all the fun they had. You know, everybody's laughing and giggling. A ki-ki-ki and a ha-ha-ha. And, you know, Marlo just has to interrupt. She, you know, look, that's how you know she's been hanging out with Kenya a lot lately. And she says, you know, this is bullshit. And she starts talking about how her and Portia were real friends and how she's been, you know, her to her mom's events. And, you know, she comes to play with Pilar when the cameras aren't rolling and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Portia says, like, she's so confused as to why Marlo keeps taking back the issues, like taking them back to South Carolina when they were good at the pumpkin patch. Now, keep in mind, the pumpkin patch was when they got back to Atlanta. That was like the first big thing. I want to say it was, was it Drew's event that they had a damn pumpkin? I don't know. One of them. It was a country-ass event, so it probably was Drew. <laughs> Side note, that was that moment when Marlo said, you know, you're always wearing a damn crown at the reunions and yada, yada, yada. And Portia's like, uh, I'm not wearing it, but I'm glad you see it. Okay. Come on, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> okay, let me stop. I know if, if I can't talk about Jocelyn's cabaret on here, I know for damn sure I can't be quoting cupcakes. So let me stop with that. This exchange between them felt like vintage housewives. It was a good glimpse into, you know, what the show could have been. And the fact that Marlo kept calling that damn girl Shamil. That was hilarious. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Calling her Shamil was, while like actively watching that girl wear a Jerry Curl, it just felt appropriate. I'm not going to lie. Shamil sounds like somebody that wears a Jerry Curl. I'm just saying. So Shamil, we we might have to change the name to Shamil after this. I don't know. Unless you go get rid of that damn Jerry Curl and let your soul glow, baby. At this point, though, it seems like neither one of them knows what the beef is. Like, really, they they have no idea. Marlo couldn't even vocalize it on Speak On It. Portia don't seem to give a damn. So let me try to vocalize what I feel happened. Okay. In South Carolina, Portia was told by, I think, Tanya. 
Tanya, yeah, that Kenya had a plan to, you know, vocalize in front of everyone what she feels that Portia and Tanya did with Bolo, a.k.a. the slurping and burping. When they were at the dinner, enter Kenya and Marlo down the step as friends. As a cast member, I feel like maybe Portia felt like, okay, so this is about to be Marlo's way in, a.k.a. to become a peach holder. And Portia is about to be the collateral damage. Because I feel like Kenya has always been one of the reasons that's been blocking Marlo from becoming a peach holder. From there, she kind of kept Marlo at a distance. But nothing bad had really happened between them. From there, we get to the pumpkin patch where everybody was friendly. But she felt that she needed to call Portia out because she felt like stuff had changed when Portia was like, okay, I haven't even talked to my best friend, so don't take it personally. I haven't really been calling anybody like that. Then we get to, you know, the night in Nice where they all are having fun together, laughing and a kiki and a kakakan. But the only awkward moment of the night was when Marlo was saying, you know, okay, she Portia is not going to dictate my friendships with anybody and all that kind of stuff. Portia just kind of rolled it off her shoulders, didn't think much of it. Then we get to New Orleans, where Marlo is actively inserting herself in the middle of Kenya and Portia's, not even beef, just like them, like not even acknowledging each other, really, to where even Candy keeps having to ask her, like, why are you jumping in this? This has nothing to do with you. All of this after, once again, her and Portia had squashed it already in that twerking healing center. Hey, look at this split. Ah, look at this split. Ah. Embarrassing him in front of Big Frida. See, I done got mad all over again. Bye, Atlanta. I'm so goddamn glad that part three of this reunion is coming up so I don't have to see y'all no damn more until y'all figure this shit out. Bye. Bye. I'm jumping to New York City because we got Ebony, hey, we got Ebony, hey, we got Bershawn, hey, we got Bershawn, hey, now, now two to the right, two to the right, hey, one to the left, one to the rear, now dip, baby, dip, come on, now dip, baby, dip, I don't know what song that was, that was, that was off the top of the head, down south, you know. I'm so happy that our girls are finally back because it means that we're finally ushering out all of these tired-ass housewives that have been airing, a la Atlanta, a la Dallas, a la, who the hell is, oh, New Jersey, you okay. <laughs> but you can, you can go to hell. I'm sick, kind of sick of y'all too. I'm happy my girls are back, but, 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 COVID is in New York for all of y'all that are forgotten. God damn it. We start off by seeing a couple of the people, you know, Leah is talking about converting to Judaism. Now, I don't I don't know where this came from, but I'm going to support her in it because hopefully it's not just for a second season storyline. I'm going to give her a little more credit than that. So I'm hoping this is actual a religious and spiritual journey for her. If it is, I'm going to follow it. I love to see it. I'm going to encourage her, but I don't really have too much to say about this scene because it didn't really give what it needed to give. So we're going to go on and let's talk about Luann and Ramona. Now, Ramona and Luann are friendly, which is weird. Yeah. Luann has a new place in the city after selling her home. She kind of, you know, details how she doesn't drink anymore because there were a couple times this summer where she didn't even remember how she got home, child. She also, you know, 
we find out that they're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on with Sonya because Sonya is not fucking with them anymore. <laughs> she don't even call her damn daughter anymore, apparently. But the gag is, look, the whole gag of this scene was that Luann didn't realize she brought, she bought a whole new place across from Tom D'Agostino. Now, who is Tom D'Agostino, you might ask? Oh, that's the man that all of them have slept with, but for some reason, Luann decided to marry. Yeah, a little weird. You knew damn well. Uh, you know what? <sighs> Let me not even go in on you, Luann. Let me go in on myself. You know how motherfucking mad I'd be if I found out I bought a whole ass house and got a whole ass mortgage across the street from my ex? I would feel so... I, I, you know what? I'd start a fire in one of them damn buildings and collect the insurance and get on about my damn business. You know what? I'm not the only one that finds this friendship a little iffy. Let me throw it over to my fave, Sharice, because she has some thoughts about Ramon and Luann, too. You know, she's been watching a long time, too. And anybody that's been watching New York for a long time, they know that, uh, yeah, they've been enemies from the start. Let's go ahead and throw it over to Sharice. Hello, Kendrick. Okay. So I saw that you posted about uh, will Lou and Ramona remain friends? And the answer is hell no, they're not going to remain friends. But they will remain friends because, I know, I'm all over the place. But they will remain friends because, one, they're OGs, kind of, sort of. Even though Lou took that that little siesta for a hot second. Shout out to her for making it back. But... Sonya's always going to be a star. She doesn't need Ramona while Lou needs something. And Ramona also knows she needs something because she also knows that she's always teetering on the verge of like people just hating her. And they figured if they link up, they're stronger together. I don't know if it's going to work. Last night, they kept it super cute on Watch What Happens Live. But I, I don't know. If they, if they keep it cute all season, it is because they have some sort of verbal agreement like, we will win together kind of thing. Okay, you better say that. Leah meets with her, quote-unquote, friend, Ebony. <laughs> you know, Bravo, they use that word real loosely. You know, they'll, they'll put two people in a room and say, okay, now look now, say you met her in 93, y'all fell out, but then y'all got back together a couple years ago because y'all both like tequila, and then now y'all best friends and bloom by the blam of blam in my Peter Pablo voice. Come on, Ebony, though. Ebony is the definition of black girl magic. Ew. She's an AKA, a member of the Divine Nine. She's a whole attorney, a whole host of a podcast called, uh, child, I forgot the name of it. Uh, <laughs> she's a host of State of the Union with Joe Budden and Remy Ma. Y'all better get into it. She's a political correspondent, been on everything from Fox to MSNBC. Y'all better know it. And the fact that Ebony walked into this scene with a hoodie on that said, Yosef. Kevin, Antron, Corey, and Raymond. Yes, God, Ebony, okay? You better let them people know that you from New York, but also New York is where five young black minority men were wrongfully convicted and became known as the exonerated five. You better know about it. Child, I don't even know what the fuck happened in the scene. I was too damn focused on all the black girl magic going on. Y'all remember when BT used to do those, uh, this is why I rock. Those damn, uh, black girl, black, what is it, black girls rock? Whatever it was. That's what I felt like I was hearing in the background when I was watching this scene. The Real Housewives of New York can be summed up with that scene with Leah and Sonia 
FaceTiming in the bathtub. Now, no, they weren't together. They, they were in their separate apartments, but both of them were in the damn bathtub. You know what? All we learn from this scene is that Sonya is having a brunch this week and that Leah asked permission to bring her, you know, her friend Ebony. You know, of course, they say yes. You better say yes to quit fucking playing with me, okay? You know damn well uh, ain't no white women named Ebony, so <laughs> so you better say yes, okay? Let me stop before I uh, you know, turn into Martin Luther King over here. The child I listen, okay? We <laughs> we then get to meet Ebony in depth, and we see all of the uh, how do I say? The jobs in my favorite part voice. The jobs, honey, okay? The podcast, holding court, being a lawyer by trade, uh, doing the news for Revolt TV, State of the Union, all of that. And I love that she then, see, this is the dichotomy that I love about people on reality TV. She talks about how she really had to, she was at the highest of highs, then she went down to the lowest of lows because she did what a lot of people like me have done she switched careers and let me tell you something it is the hardest thing you can do let me tell y'all a personal little anecdote before i go on with ebony so i was graduated from college i came back to memphis you know i went to i did both undergrad and grad school in indiana but i come back to memphis after uh undergrad like i left the day graduation child i'd already had my shit packed i was ready to go go i was tired of looking at them damn cornfields i brought my ass back to memphis and i stayed here for two years working in hospitality which i, I loved but i wasn't it wasn't fulfilling enough so i went back to but I, you know i wanted to stay in hospitality but i wanted to do something else in it i ended up going to grad school i wanted to get my mba but I made like the decision. It was a split decision. One of the programs I really, really, really wanted to be in was in Indiana. It's one of the best, uh, you know, MBA programs in the Midwest. I really wanted to be in it. They had one spot opened up because an international student couldn't go. So I applied, had interviews and everything. I was I was shocked that I got picked because I, it was like I don't know how many people I had to go up against. But I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I want that damn spot. And the thing was, if I accepted it, the program was starting like literally in two weeks. So I would have had to drop everything and go the fuck up there. I got in and I had to drop everything and go the hell up there. So I went from like making a certain amount of money to making an internship amount of money, a paid internship kind of money. Child, I had car notes, all kind of shit. When I tell you my finances got fucked up, I'm trying to tell you. Ebony. I related to everything you said right here. She said that, you know, she was, she was just honest about her finances and she said it was because of her jobs, her FICO score to be more accurate. She talked about dodging the repo man. Cause you know, she switched careers, which is something people, I just feel like people don't talk about that, but now she's good. So you better cut up Ebony. I'm trying to get like you. Hell I'm still ducking and dodging Sally Mae raggedy ass. But she says, you know what? <laughs> matter of fact everybody listening to this podcast just donate five thousand dollars to me and then i'll be out of debt and then i could buy you know some you know some new airmaids flatware and all that kind of stuff look if you go give me the money don't ask me how the hell i'm gonna spend it okay it's mine shit you don't you shouldn't care if i spend it on sally may or uh, uh may sally damn it don't stay out my business how about that the day of sonia's brunch arrives 
let me just get to it. I love Ebony being like the fan watching Sonya <laughs> while everybody else just seems so used to the ridiculousness that is Sonya in her place. Sonya trying to relate to Ebony by showing her racially diverse fish. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. She said, I got black fish, white fish. Look, Ebony immediately was like, oh, I see you got different sizes too. Big fish, small fish. <laughs> Listen, they, this is funny as hell to me. You can always, I love somebody that's able to be sarcastic and snarky without it coming across that way. That is my favorite kind of person. I love, they end up do getting deep though. And I love that. They talk about, you know, if Ebony wants kids, they talk about her having an ex-fiance, talking about Sonya finally getting into Century 21 and then it going bankrupt. Like, that's a lot of heavy shit. And keep in mind, Luann and Ramona haven't even gotten there yet. They just taking their sweet merry damn time. They finally arrive, and we find out that Luann knows Ebony socially and has always liked her. But we also find out that Luann is dating some guy. Who knows? We talk about, you know, who everyone is dating and child. Ramona been sucking face with Harry goddamn Dubin. Ugh. But child, let me just go and say it. I let him hit for research purposes, okay? <laughs> I let it hit for research purposes, okay? Her and Sonya got into a whole argument about how all of her guys wind up in Ramona's bed. You know what? We've been telling you that for years, Sonya. We all know that Sonya has been the dick wrangler of New York City for years. Ain't that what Bethany called her? <laughs> a certified dick wrangler. I know that's right, Sonya. I love the conversation about Ebony's COVID dating. And she's been dating a guy that she friend-zoned for years. And how he's a minority owner and a football team and all that kind of shit. Yes, God, Ebony, you better say that shit. Say that shit. I love that she's actually coaching Leah about the type of men that she should be dating too. She said, you know, date the owner, not the talent. I know the fuck that's right. The talent gets old, okay? Being an owner never goes out of style. See, fuck Jerry Jones, not Tony Romo, okay? Fuck Robert uh, Robert Kraft, half-dead ass, not Jimmy Garoppolo, okay? <laughs> See, y'all trying to fuck Jimmy Garoppolo because he's fine and young and uh, tight-bodied and all that kind of shit. The other ones might be dead and, you know what, well, let me start. Okay, the ladies go inside and they grill Sonya about why they haven't seen her. But they, <laughs> Sonya said, oh, I was walking along through the desert like Erica Badu in that, uh, didn't you know video. <laughs> and, you know, I just didn't have time to be talking to y'all asses. They end up letting it go. They like, you know what, that's Sonya. She had her ass always disappearing. And they plan a trip to Sag Harbor. They invite Ebony, of course. And as they're talking, they, we start seeing these kind of clips of what's going to happen when they finally get to Sag Harbor. Ooh-wee. It looked like New York is going to be good as hell this season. I'm looking forward to it. I love everything that happened in this first episode. It was a great premiere. It set up our new character great, and it looks like she fits in with them wonderfully, but she's not trying to be someone else. I love everything about it. New York, you got my attention. Help us usher out these tired-ass housewives. 
and then we won't have to worry about their asses no more. Hell, they might move Dallas ass to Peacock. And speaking of Dallas, <laughs> let me go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and get into this damn Dallas reunion, child, before I get mad. You know when we got a reunion, I usually kick it off with the fashions. <sighs> the fashions were tragic. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Tiffany Moon looked great. Um, uh, that's all I got. <laughs> I ain't got no more. <laughs> that's genuinely all I got. I don't know what else to say. Everybody, Andy looked nice. I guess I can give him that. that look, the shit hadn't even started yet. And I'm already annoyed with Cameron. Now, why? I don't know. <laughs> but then she pulled out her pink briefcase with all her evidence. Girl, do you really think enough people are watching this shit that you need to show up with evidence of any kind? <sighs> Y'all, are they are some tiring-ass housewives. Tiring. Tiring. Y'all are some tiring-ass housewives. You know what? Let me actually... I have a new friend that I love. She has a podcast. Her name is Cell. She has the Who Asked Me podcast. And she has some thoughts, not really fashion related, but kind of fashion related. And I'm going to throw it over to her because I could barely speak on these tragic ass fashions. I damn sure couldn't speak on them tragic ass hairstyles. So thank God for Cell. She's doing the Lord's work. Hello, hello. My name is Zell from the Who Asked Me podcast. And I just have some thoughts about the Real Housewives of Dallas really quick. And since they gave us such a boring ass season, this is the only thing that I finally could wrap up with, which was all of these women make too much damn money for their extensions and their weave to be looking like this. And yes, I'm talking to you, Cameron Westcott, okay? And if they don't get that woman off my TV, I just, they can just go on over to Peacock. Chat, y'all know Peacock is a new verb now. Whenever a Bravo show just pisses us, off, pisses us off, just Peacock they ass. Send they ass to Peacock. We not watching no damn Peacock, okay? We barely watch it for the office. We damn sure ain't gonna watch it for uh, the Real Housewives of Dallas. I'm just saying. We get to the fun stuff first, like Mama D, you know, the story about how she stalked Glenn Simmons until she fucked an engagement ring out of him. Uh, Tiffany's drunken birthday party and her waking up in the hospital. Her sharding on herself, ETC, ETC. But then we jump into the first big thing of the season, which was Carrie versus Deandra. Let me just say, this season actually started off with so much potential. I was one of the people, I was loving Dallas when it first started. It was such like superficial drama and we desperately needed that after we had that super drama filled season of the Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm so glad the fans got in Carrie's ass early in this damn reunion. Oh, I'm glad about it. The fans got her ass together within the first 10 minutes. They asked if she brought up her daughter's suicide, you know, during an argument with Deandra just so she could shut it down. If she acknowledges that she bullied Deandra after Bravo showed that montage, how she was calling Tiffany and Deandra COVID girl. Let me tell you something. That was the gag because Carrie, keep in mind, was on a monitor. She wasn't even in the room. 
they had a monitor there because she has COVID. And DeAndre was like, well, who's COVID girl now? <laughs> oh, is somebody with COVID, you know, as someone that's had COVID, I can laugh about it. Now, you know what? Honestly, we can all laugh about it because that's what you call motherfucking karma. Damn, uh, Carrie. I was about to say Carrie Wells, child. <laughs> I'm watching too much damn Bravo. Damn Carrie Brittenham, sucker. They talk about DeAndra versus Carrie on social media. And they say that DeAndra had a post that they thought was mean about Carrie when they had moved past it. Child, they tried to get on DeAndra and she came out swinging. <laughs> Stephanie tried to talk to her, you know, about how she handled the situation and how she would have handled the situation if she was in her shoes. And bitch, DeAndra said, well, I don't handle my problems like you, Stephanie. I don't, you know, I hold out my closed fist and handle situations. I'm not a doormat like you. And I, ooh. <laughs> Come on, DeAndra. See, somebody need to say it. I'm so sick of Stephanie's ass. Stephanie that gets to just sit in the background and be, you know, uber positive and never has to mix it up and just gets to sit back and, you know, guys, let's all be God's children, rainbow babies of the world. And Stephanie, I'm so sick of your ass. I don't know what to do. And you know what? I used to go up for you, Stephanie. If some Sometime when that rumor came out that your husband owned a piece of the production company, it made me change the way I thought because it was the only thing in my mind that made sense. Like you have had, I've never seen a housewife across any franchise ever get this good of an edit as you get. Like you are perfect every single season and it is so annoying. I don't know what to do because now it's just like, okay, girl, you just stir to beat her. Like you dare to stir up some shit and just to be funny in the confessionals because you're perfect. I don't know if somebody feeding you them lines or what, but you know what? I'm spending too much time talking about Dallas and Dallas. Y'all ain't got that much shit to talk about, to be quite honest. You're all white trash. To be, I'm sorry. Let me know. <laughs> I'm quoting Aviva. Let me stop. We find out that Carrie is getting divorced from her husband. That's why she kept celebrating her 50th birthday over and over and over again and forcing it on us because she didn't want to deal with it or talk about it. Andy messy ass asked that lady if she got a pre <laughs> if she got that prenup dissolved. She said, Well, you know, I got my jewelry business and you know I I'll definitely have to work, child. You damn sure gonna have to work. Ain't nobody buying that damn jewelry. And I you know what? I hope that man break you off a little piece of change. Cause whoo that they spent a whole section jumping off in Carrie's ass, and I kind of loved every minute of it. They so shady for making that lady cry, then reading comments, <laughs> reading her ass with fan comments and questions. Bravo, y'all so low down, but y'all know I love the shit. Am I going to acknowledge Cam Westcott having a whole section to talk about her house and her dogs? I think you fucking know the answer to that. Moving on. Tiffany Moon. Tiffany Moon. She talks about how, you know, folks at the hospital all told her that doing the Real Housewives of Dallas was going to be career suicide. Child, 
Let me tell you something. Keeping this shit going is career suicide for Andy Cohen. <laughs> but let me move on because y'all know I want to get a screener one day in my lifetime. Look, let me just get, send me the Potomac screener, okay? That's all I want in life. Season six Potomac. Let me see the episode early so I can tweet to these fans and say, okay, you guys, oh my God, let me tell you, okay? It, it, it's the best thing ever. You've never seen anything else like this. I love it. Oh, my God. You're not going to believe it. And, you know, hyping their shit up like they be doing. I'd like to do that one day in life. Then she talks about her parents and how they felt about the show. Her dad apparently called her an idiot for being on it, but he didn't say why. He didn't say, like, why he was mad at her, why he said that, nothing. But I feel like it was because Tiffany's comments about her relationship with her mother. Like, that's the only thing I could assume because she said that... Her and her mom really haven't been talking since this has happened either. So, I don't know. Cam, you sound dumb. And you having a platform to be this dumb is almost upsetting. Listen, I love white people that live behind the gates and have never had friends that aren't white trying to tell minorities about racism and stereotypes as much as the next person. That was sarcasm, people. But, Cam, you sound so damn ignorant trying to question Tiffany about racism and stereotypes, which apparently you don't know the difference between anyway. She tried to say people reached out to her and, you know, all this kind of stuff. They were just very disappointed. Thankfully, Andy jumped in and asked her dumb ass about, <laughs> about the dumb shit. Tiffany told that girl, if you don't like what's on my social media, unfollow me. I know that's right. You jumped in your bag, Tiffany. Unfucking follow me. She jumped in that Nene Leakes bag, as a matter of fact. My bag, too. Our bag. It's a, well, don't don't jump in my bag. Jump in Nene Leakes bag. She got maybe an Hermes bag. Mine gonna be Michael Kors at best. So It sounded like an argument between, like, it, almost like Nene and Kim Zosiak, in a way. It was that kind of, you know, if you don't like what you see, do y'all remember that? If you don't like what you see, unfollow me. What you doing creeping on my social media anyway? Child, I almost feel offended comparing them to Atlanta, but child, quiet as it's kept. Atlanta, okay, let me let me not put that out there about Atlanta. I'm going to just go, let me keep it moving. We followed this up with yet another Tiffany Moon section, further showing that she was the reason for the season, Okay. Cam brought out printed paperwork that only had Tiffany's interactions on it on social media and not hers, of course. I almost gasped because I remember several comments that Cam was making online. Don't try the Bravo fandom, sir. This whole section annoyed me because Cam, Cam truly wants to be oppressed. Like, truly. So, she wants to be oppressed so damn bad. And now that there is a minority on the show, she gets to compete in the oppression Olympics on a weekly basis. Every single week, she gets someone to compete with about why her life is the most stressful and most hard. Because apparently, uh, going to dog seances and buying a new house is just the most stressful thing in the world when you have millions of dollars. Oh no, cry me a river. Girl, shut the hell up. They get to the part where this heifer said that she didn't tweet out the comment about chicken feet. 
chicken feet. I'd rather eat dog treats as if she can't see how in the world that's offensive. But she actually opened her mouth and said that someone that works for her tweeted that. See, bye, Cam. Bye. Bye. I'm so glad this shit is over with in a matter of days. I'm so glad. I'm so tired of Dallas. I'm so tired of Atlanta. Thank God New York is back. I want to usher in everybody that's worth having in right now. And you know what? I'm only going to briefly talk about Summer House. Let me jump over to Summer House for a brief second, and then we're going to finish this thing out with Merit Medicine. Okay. I'm not really going to cover Summer House, the first part of the reunion, because... I was a guest on one of my favorite podcasts, The Reality Is Podcast, with Arthi and Noor, and we actually covered Summer House Reunion Part 1 in depth. And if you're listening to this episode on the day it came out, their episode just came out yesterday. So if you go over there and listen to it, we had the funnest time talking. We laughed so much. We debated about Hannah. It was just a good-ass time. So if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, then it's a fresh episode. Get on over there and listen. Subscribe to those guys. They are hilarious. I love them. We mainly talked about Summer House, but we did touch on, you know, all Bravo things. You know how we do when you get a lot of Bravo people talking. We had to touch on a lot of different things. And we talked about Married to Medicine, too, which I'm about to talk about a little more in depth. I, I'm i going to do two things, though. One, I'm going to let one of my favorites, JV, of course, we, we already heard from him in this episode, I'm going to let him discuss Hannah and Summerhouse because his feelings kind of mirror mine. <laughs> y'all know he's hilarious, so I'm going to let y'all hear from him. But before I actually play his clip, I want to talk about a plot that I think was afoot. I briefly touched on this on uh, the Reality Is podcast, but let me talk about it. I was feeling like a few weeks ago before that fight aired on Summerhouse. I remember like telling a couple of different people, I was like, do y'all feel like Kyle and Luke and Carl are like going super hard on social media to like, let us know that they're friends, which would have been around the time they were filming a reunion too. They were like, I mean, every social media post, Hey, just remind you guys we're besties. Oh my God. Love them. Oh my God. Best friend. Hey, thanks. Like every single post. Initially, I was like, that's weird. Like, that's weird for a fight. Like, one picture on social media will do. But they were going out of their way. I had a theory that, to me, it felt like they were making sure that everyone knew they were good so that they can come to this reunion and literally everybody on stage except the Hannah, Sierra, and Paige couch was on one accord. I think they needed everyone to know, like, okay, come to the reunion prepared. We're all going to be on one page and we're going to attack, attack, attack. And from what I know about Summerhouse, that tracks. Because keep in mind, y'all are seeing them one good season. Most of these people, okay. Let me take Kyle, for instance. I love, like, I like, <sighs> the fun of Summerhouse is that everyone is kind of terrible. And I feel like people have kind of forgotten that. This season, maybe it's because we've had so many people jump in on summer house kind of the way we did with Potomac season five. So like people didn't know the backstory and you know, people didn't know how much Karen Hugo lied and 
all this type of stuff. They always knew how messy Giselle was, but you know, they don't know a lot when you don't get the backstory. This is like Kyle's first good season. Like his first good season. This is really his first good season as a good person on the show. And people are treating him like he is damn Betty White. Like not not Betty Wright. <laughs> Betty White, because everybody loves Betty White. Not to be confused with Betty Wright now. After the pain, you sit and... Y'all don't know about Betty Wright. Y'all don't know Betty Wright. Let me stop. Y'all do not know Betty Wright. Let me go on about my business. For all you hood boogers out there, y'all know Betty Wright. I know you do. I'm just saying, it's a lot of... I, I see through a lot that goes on on Summer House. Now, does that mean Hannah's not a terrible person? Of course not. My point is... They're all terrible. Let's not pretend like they are. Carl made his bed this season and he grew a beard. I get it. And he'll look thick of Mickums. We like that. That's cool. But let's not act like everybody on this show isn't, uh, how do you say in French, a hundred percent trash. I think that, yeah, that's how you say it. That's what I'm feeling. Let me throw it over to JV so he can wrap up this, uh, this summer house section and we can go right into Marathon Madison. Hannah Burner gaslights. She can be extremely insensitive at times. And she has a very big problem with taking accountability. However, I like her. I I do like her. Uh, I feel like there are some things that people have taken too seriously. And just take, for instance, the thing with Luke about the suicidal, sorry, trigger warning, uh, the suicidal conversation that they had and she kind of made a joke out of it. I don't know if it was just me, but like I've had conversations like that and I've made jokes like that. Maybe I just have a dark mind. I know I do, but it, it wasn't that bad to me, to me. And for Kyle to disinvite the girls to the wedding, I felt like it was a bit much saying that she was talking about their relationship. I mean, she was more so talking about you, Kyle, but okay. Um, <laughs> I just didn't feel like there was anything that warranted that. You know, she told the girl, hey, if you're cool with him talking to you like that, that's fine. But I'm not going to yell at, hey, let him yell at me. You know, I didn't think that that was that serious. Now, if she told Amanda, you know, if you want to keep buying tickets to the circus because you dating a clown. Now, that's talking about their relationship. And I would know because I said that to my sister once. And, you know, people have been saying that uh, Sierra kind of like just used Luke to get in the house to get on the show and then latched on to Hannah. I didn't see that. What I saw was people who did not have any real expectations. And, you know, it didn't work. It just didn't work. Um, Sierra had a certain view of Luke and the Hannah situation. And then when she got in the house and she physically saw things, she saw something different than what she was told. And that's totally fine. You know, what I saw was just straight up drama, regardless of who was leading who on. It doesn't really matter. It was drama. And I personally like my drama on my TV and not in my personal life. So that's somebody that mm, I don't think that if drama is surrounding you, all the other people are the problem. You, you know, I, I, I might have to cool off on you for a bit.
So I think that's what she did. And he didn't really respect that boundary of, I'm not trying to talk to you, hang out with you that hard right now. And the fact that you're talking to me constantly and trying to text me and hang out, and it's like, dude, just, just cool down. Just cool off. Leave me alone for a bit. And when you got somebody like me, when I say, leave me alone, I don't have a problem, and you don't leave me alone, then we have a problem because you're not leaving me alone. Now I have to be petty and ignore you. I'm sorry, but no lies detected. No lies detected. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know y'all want to jump me for my summer house opinions. Y'all probably want to jump JV too, but y'all probably can't fight us, okay? That ain't a battle y'all want to pick, okay? If you want to hear more of my summer house thoughts, go on over to the Reality Is pod. You're going to love it. It was a great time. We talked Married to Medicine too. Whew, we got our whole life. Speaking of Married to Medicine, let's get into it. They start off the dinner with the ladies when they left Carrie and Lisa Nicole Cloud Noggles at the house. Heavenly already starts off by shading Anila, but she gives it right back to her ass. You better, you, you better Anila, okay? <laughs> Calling the damn lady a Muppet. <laughs> well, if she a Muppet, she said you Miss Piggy. I know that's right, Anila. These folks are funny as hell to me. Carrie, you know, they arrive, her and Lisa Nicole Cloud Noggles arrive at some point, and she isn't scared of Heavenly either. I love this shit. She calls that damn lady's husband daddy, and Heavenly says, uh, he's Dr. Damon to you. You don't call him daddy. Carrie said, okay, Dr. Damon daddy. <laughs> and Simone's so messy, she just sits in the background and laughs, laughs and laughs at all of this shit. I love every minute of it. Finally, Finally, we get a <clears throat> black girl crossover. Now, why Giselle Bryant hasn't appeared in an episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta to start shit between Kenya and Portia when she loves both of them, but loves to start shit even more? I'll never know. Bravo fumbled the bag with that one. But we do get Giselle and Robin, a.k.a. my green-eyed bandits, we get them showing up. Keep in mind, they're still in D.C., so they're like, you know, they right there. Might as well come. Child, we even get Jamal Bryant in a damn scene. <laughs> they come and Contessa says that, you know, Jamal really touched my spirit today at that uh, Black Lives Matter rally. Child, I hope that's all he touched. Let me, you know what, let me stop. Giselle said, well, you know, he's actually my ex. Lisa said, but, you know, y'all are reconciling, right? That's all Giselle needed to hear to start some shit. J <laughs> Giselle later on asked Lisa if she's still married. And she said, I remember there being some issues. See? Messy, messy, messy. Me messy begets messy. This leads to that whole cheating discussion. Child, that shit upset Lisa Nicole. Lisa Nicole, when this episode aired, got on Instagram. She posted a whole black and white collage of her and Darren. It looked like porn. Pornography. With a whole, with, with two poems and a caption. I was like, girl, if you think people still give a damn about you and Damon, and that man don't even be on the damn show no more. See, he trying to make people forget what he looked like. We remember Damon. He trying to be like, look. If y'all see me out cheating, y'all don't remember my face. So, you know what? Let me stop. Contessa 
throws out some random, random accusations that Scott is cheating and everybody is confused. Giselle said, so is that what's happening? Tessa said, I don't know what anybody is doing ever. Wait, what? Girl, where? Girl, hand? Contessa, what do you do? What like what are we doing here? Don't what? <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad she brought all of this up because she talks about him maybe having a midlife crisis. And Toya and Contessa kind of relate because obviously you know we remember Eugene putting his whole ass out on TV to get that damn testosterone shot, and how he was going through a quote unquote midlife crisis type of situation as well. Hopefully, this is the first step towards reconciling some kind of friendship between Toya and Contessa. Now, is that the case? I don't damn know. All I know is back at the house, the men are having a boys' night with Jamal Bryant. And the only reason I'm mentioning this, because not much happened. You know, they were, you know, you know, black man moment on TV. I couldn't make that work. You know what I mean? The only reason I mention this is because Dr. Damon... Dr. Damon Daddy <laughs> said, the first time I saw Heavenly, I knew that was my wife, child. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a keep it cute. Okay. I'm a keep it cute and I'm gonna put it on mute. Just like Mariah Hooks said, but I'm cute. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm feeling. I'm just keep it cute. Okay. I'm gonna let you and Heavenly have y'all's relationship and, and marriage and <laughs> friendship and children. I'm just going to. I'm going to let y'all have that because I'm in a very gracious mood today. Thank you very much. Before I jump to the climax of the episode, let me touch on two things. One, Toya and Anila's friendship. Whew. Do y'all think it'll last? Toya tends to talk to Anila pretty harshly. Like, I'm always kind of hesitant of discussing stuff like that because... I know different friendships have different dynamics, but also, Anila, pay them people their damn money. That's why Toya mad because you ain't giving them people their damn money, but out here building a whole house. And also, Toya, talk to that lady like she got some goddamn sense. See, you don't know how to talk to people, and that's why Eugene be having to cut them credit cards off and shit. You better learn how to talk to people, Toya. Number two. One of the reasons marriage and medicine is so amazing is the duality that kind of exists in almost every episode. We get DC protests and black doctors testing for COVID and all this kind of stuff. And then we get a scene with Heavenly showing the blackest part of her ass. And then we have, you know, a conversation amongst the black family about the interactions with the police. You know, literally literally giving fans a first-hand experience of what it's like to be black in America. To the scene that's like the last one in this episode. <laughs> Listen, we love duality, okay? We love it all. First of all, Jackie... Your renovations to your home, beautiful, beautiful. The category is Property Brothers on HGTV. Tens across the board. I'm talking the beautiful Jackie. But wait, why was Simone so surprised to see Anila when she walked in? Like, you know that girl's a damn cast member. Why are you so surprised? <laughs> that shit was funny. She said, now I thought, you know, 
Heavenly has just called the girl Muppet and she had called her Miss Piggy and now she coming to parties with Heavenly. It is, listen, you got to keep up on reality TV or you'll get left in the damn dust. I know that's right. Quad shows up and is as loud as usual. What the people doing? What the people doing? What they doing? You know, all the, but you know, she come bearing gifts. So everybody's okay. She gives Simone some Ciroc, you know, Ciroc real dainty like, you know. She gave Heavenly some Crown Royal in a uh, in a purple bag, you know, real Rick Ross grunt, you know that, uh, you know, real Rick Ross like. And then she gave Jackie some water, you know, that's the daintiest of it all. <laughs> Heavenly, I didn't mean to try you like that, but sometimes you need to be tried. The funniest part of this damn episode was Heavenly Shade and Curtis on accident and how he didn't have any money to contribute to help and renovate the damn house. She quickly realized and she was like, Ooh, that was shady. And she looked at whatever producer was on set with her and she said, Hey, cut that shit out. Don't put that in there. <laughs> See, that's why I can't do reality TV. My mouth is too damn reckless for reality TV. I need an avenue that I could, you know, listen back to it and edit the dumbass shit that comes out of my mouth. Thus, podcasting. They all sit down, and this is when Jackie kind of starts to facilitate the healing of the relationship between Quad and Heavenly. Quad launches into her excuse and whew, I need somebody with an Android to come here right now and verify this shit. She said she read the emoji all wrong because the hand over the face emoji apparently looks like the smelly face emoji on Androids. Listen, don't let these phones get y'all ass beat, okay? <laughs> if you don't know how the emoji is going to look on somebody's phone, then you'd be better off doing like colon open parentheses like the original smiley face okay <laughs> or you know what if you want them to wear glasses do the number eight and then the open parentheses that's what you need to be doing don't let apple emojis get your ass whooped i would hate for that to happen quad seems to apologize seriously but heavenly ain't for that shit at all see i think heavenly was always gonna forgive her but, you know, you're not going to read me online and expect me not to treat your ass back. So, yeah, I'm going to forgive you, but I got to give your ass a little peace first. I'm with you on that, Heavenly. The editors of this show are hilarious. They couldn't use Apple's emojis, so they had to create their own. <laughs> they had to create their own emojis to drive Heavenly's point home. Them little bitty green men with them long hands. There wasn't no damn emojis. I live for it, though. Her and Quad got into it immediately after that and called each other all kind of bitches and hoes and fake booty holes and sluts and big all kind of stuff simone kept trying to get a word in but you better believe between quad and heavenly you will never get a word in ever never ever 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 you are not getting a word in finally they agree to meet at the head of the table and hug it out i don't know how that shit came about but long story short damn it after jackie finally told him you know this shit was stupid and black men out here dying and y'all doing this kind of stuff. And eels. You right about that, Jackie. Listen, this episode, yet again, one of the best we've seen in a while. 
Merits of Medicine has been showing out. Like I've been loving the 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 heights that they've been going to on this show, giving us all the different black experiences all within one hour. I love it. But let me tell y'all something. Baby, I'm so ready for the next episode. Quad, as over the top as she is, that lady is really funny sometimes. You know, I've never really just seen it for Quad, that fake-ass accent she be doing. You know, I've always been a, a Mariah kid. You know, I've, I've Mariah Huck and Mariah Carey, those are my Mariahs. I've never just always, all the way seen it for Quad, but that lady is funny when she wants to be. She said Toya, once upon a time, couldn't afford to get credit at Z Gallery. I know you fucking lying. You know what? Bye. Bye. I no longer need to. What else do I finish with after that? What do you finish with after you tell somebody you can't get credit at Z Gallery? You know what? Let me get, let me hear him post this shit so I can go on about my damn life. Because I'm over. Quad, you know what? Bye. Bye. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.